Welcome to the Indian Food Explained podcast by Cook Like an Auntie. You don't have to be an auntie to make delicious Indian food. Now here's your host, Gopi Vajravelu. Hi everyone, welcome to the Cook Like an Auntie podcast. Today's guest is Chef Keith Sarison. He's an American chef who's dove deep into learning Indian food from aunties and Indian chefs. He's also the co-host of the More Than Masala podcast and has a YouTube channel fittingly named Keith Sarison, where he cooks Indian food and travels around India. Welcome, Keith, and thanks for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm uh, really excited to have you on. I've been watching your YouTube channel. I've listened to a couple of the More Than Masala podcast episodes, and I think they are they're really good. And I think you're like diving deep into Indian food and certainly a way that I cannot because I'm not a trained chef. Um, so I'm very excited to have you on. And first, I want to know, uh, how did you get interested in Indian food? Yeah, so uh, kind of a crazy story. I grew up a uh, really picky eater. And, uh, you know, I feel like all Western people, we were raised with chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. And I had a friend and his family had an Indian restaurant. And I would go over there and we'd play computer games. And he'd always be like, oh, try this dish, try this dish. And I think I had a lot of those preconceived notions that come with being a, a Westerner of like, oh, this is going to be spicy or this doesn't look like what I grew up on. And so I was a little, little shy and timid. So one day we were playing a game and he's like, if I beat you, you have to try Indian food. And I always say it's the best bet I ever lost. Um, the next day I had a go and dish chicken vindaloo and man, my first bite of vindaloo was a lot like Neo when he saw the matrix. I just felt like this entire world opened up to me and it sent me down this huge path of wanting to figure out how is something this delicious and complex and craveable, not just delicious, but like craveable. So the next day he, uh, He's like, I got to get some spices for the shop. You want to go? So we went to a small little spice store in a place called Nashua, New Hampshire. And at the back of the store was a small little auntie named Indra. And I knew nothing. I walked in there and she must have saw that I looked like a deer in the headlights. And she said, do you want to try something? And I said, sure. And out came this vegetable dish, which now I know is Utmorava. Um, and so when I had it, it was the same experience. It was like this incredible love and soul was put into this cuisine. And that set me on this huge tailspin of uh, trying to work with Indira for the better part of six years. <laughs> and uh, how did that go? Did you ever end up getting to work with her? Yeah, so I basically badgered in, uh, for about three months straight. Um, I would come in there every day and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to try to make this and teach me how to cook. And she would always say, no, 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 no. So finally, one day her website went down and she needed some help. And she's like, can you fix this? And I was like, absolutely. Um, I had no idea. I just outsourced it to a friend uh, just to get the chance to cook with her. And uh, we were able to, to cook together. She taught me a couple of things. Um, but in the beginning, it was a lot like... You know, she would say, I want you to chop this onion. And then she'd say, no, 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 you're chopping the onion wrong. And I'd be like, well, like, how how do you chop it? And washing rice was another one. She's like, she would tell me to make rice and I would, you know, wash it once and then throw it on the stove. And she's like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. So I would get kicked out of her kitchen quite a bit. It was a lot of like a Mr. Miyagi relationship, if I'm being honest. 
Uh, but that led to this deep reverence and love for the cuisine where I started learning names in Hindi and I wanted to show her that, you know, this mattered a lot to me. So, you know, Jira, um, or cumin became Jira and, you know, things like this. And so we worked together off and on for about six years. I got to cater some weddings with her. Um, and it was, you know, it was really my first moment into seeing what, you know, the power that aunties have in a kitchen. And, uh, oh yeah, roughly how old were you? Like, were you already a trained chef and now you were like kind of learning the Indian food or was this before you had even like started cooking professionally? Um, so I think, you know, I always say, you know, people ask me, what's the difference between a chef and a cook and, uh, experience and leading a kitchen at that Mm -hmm. time, I was very much still a cook rather than a chef. Um, I was in my, you know, mid twenties at that point or early twenties and, you know, that made a big difference on, on kind of when I met Indra. And it wasn't until the last like 16 years or so that I really developed a deeper passion for it as I started to move forward. Awesome. Awesome. So as we're recording this, your YouTube channel has been coming out with a lot of uh, videos about like you traveling to Mumbai and around India and like sharing the food you've had and the people you've met. Uh, for the first time you went to India, what were some of the things that surprised you? I love that question. Um, India, you know, I read this article right before I left and it says, you don't visit India, India visits you. And I think from the moment you get off the plane, you know that you're in a different place and a place that's special. The sheer amount of people in comparison to the United States is overwhelming at first. Um, Being in just a auto rickshaw, you know, driving getting driven to the apartment for the first time uh, we decided my sous chef and i we we decided we weren't going to stay in any hotel we were staying in an apartment um you feel like you're going to die in an auto rickshaw in the beginning you're you're just you're looking at traffic and it's going in and out and i think the first lesson that india teaches you and i'm actually writing an article about this now uh, the first lesson india teaches you is to surrender it's that your preconceived notions, the way that you live your life, it doesn't really matter right now. What matters is being present and surrendering. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned right off the bat. Um, I'll, I say that, you know, Mumbai might not be for everyone. It certainly was for me. I loved it. I fell in love with Mumbai on, a, on this visceral level of the sights, the sounds, the chaos that became beauty during the course of the two weeks that I was there. Uh, but more than anything, it's the spirit of the people like Jugar, right? Like, it's just like this Jugar is this Hindi word that just kind of means like you, you figure it out, you get it done. And I think that that to me was one of the most profound lessons. I deeply, deeply fell in love with India on that trip. I love watching your YouTube videos. I hope the listeners check that out. Uh, it's really nice to like see the restaurants you're going to and and also just like walking around the the street stalls very interesting. Um, what are some of the differences you found between Indian food in the US versus Indian food in India? Indian food in the United States consistently tries to apologize for being Indian food. Really, I think that a lot of uh, Desi chefs and restaurant tours will come here. And they say, well, this is an American palate, so therefore we have to apologize by coming to your table and asking, how spicy do you want this? And 
I think it does a grave disservice to what I consider is the most beautiful cuisine in the entire world. The fact is, Western palates are not going to explode. No one's going to die. Everything I had in Mumbai was not that spicy. And I think the preconceived notion and myth that all Indian food is spicy is something that's now perpetuated in the Desi community. So therefore, when you go to India, one of the first things you understand is there's a difference between spicy and spice, right? The masalas that they use are ground super fresh. The quality of spices they're getting is unparalleled. So you're getting this whole other level of flavor that I think is often remiss in the United States. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Um, I've... I've been to India only a few times as an adult, but like, you know, eating Indian food here in the US, it's very spicy and usually, and I'm not somebody who likes a lot of spice, but when I went to India last time and we went out to restaurants, I ate at my cousin's houses, I ate at my aunt and uncle's houses, none of the food was a spice level that I could not handle. It was all very pleasantly spicy. Um, The only dish I had that was too spicy for me was a Manchurian dish, which is Mm -hmm. supposed to be spicy. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was something that surprised me. So I get what you're saying about, you know, people here, it's, you know, they have to make money. It's a business so that they they make it spicy. So I I totally get what you're saying. And I'm glad um, that you're like bringing awareness to this now. I think there's a level of education that comes with all of this, right? Like we could sit here and name a dozen dishes off the top of our head that really aren't spicy, you know, poha and its nature isn't spicy. Um, Idli isn't spicy. Dosa isn't spicy. It's what we decide to put in it. If you're in the middle of Andhra Pradesh and you're having meals that are there, you could find spicy meals there. Um, There's dishes like Vindaloo and Balchow that are supposed to be spicy. Um, There's dishes like Misalbav, which of course it's supposed to be spicy. But I think when we try to categorize, especially in the States, that Indian food equals spicy food, we're doing it a massive disservice. So you've um, really dug deep into Indian food in at least the recent years of your career, as far as I can see a lot of the content you're putting out is about Indian food. Uh, So I want to ask you a little bit about what your career goals are and how Indian food fits into that. Sure. I um. So in 2019, I had um, a restaurant in New Hampshire and I, uh, I loved it. You know, I, I was more of the driving force of the marketing and day-to-day operations and things of that nature. And I stepped away from the fire, so to speak, uh, in the, in the kitchen. Um, and I let my business partner take the reins there. Who's an incredibly talented chef. And I noticed very quickly that. I became really unhappy. (laughs) You know, we were making money. We won best restaurant in our state. Awards were coming in, but I found myself really sad. And so right before COVID hit, I kind of started stepping away and I sold my half to my business partner. And that's when my life changed. I basically let everything go so that I could devote the rest of my life to learning, studying and executing Indian cuisine. Um, and so now, uh, my goals are are definitely still evolving. Um, I've had a lot of fun on YouTube. 
<laughs> like I didn't expect to, to be honest with you, because I'm I don't love social media all the time. But to be able to tell a story, to be able to share um people like Kurush Dalal, who will know who knows more than I'll ever in a, in a dozen lifetimes. I think that's been a medium that's great. I definitely want to open a restaurant based off of, you know, the pop-up series that I've done for the last two years called Atma. Um, we're looking at, at doing that. I think that there's a lot to say there. And I think that we would be diving into very regional cuisine where the menus change a lot. You're not going to be seeing dishes like butter chicken and garlic naan. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I think that's part of it. Um, I'm also contracted to write a book and we're working on a documentary series as well. Um, all about finding India, which is kind of my tale of grief and then finding myself through it. Keith, how can the uh, listeners sign up to get information about your book and anything else that you work on that's coming out? Sure. Um, social media obviously works great, um, but I have a website as well. It's just my name, keithsaracen.com, and uh, we have all that info up there all the time. Awesome. I will definitely leave a link to that in the show notes uh, so the listeners can find that and sign up for your newsletter and, and stay in touch with you. Before we go, I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, for someone who is used to cooking Western food, how would you recommend that they start cooking Indian food at home? Yeah. I, so I think the first thing is um, go to an Indian grocery store. Uh, the staff there are always so wonderful. I think it's the best way to start is by getting the tools that you need. Um, so you're going to need things like uh, turmeric and, and coriander and cumin and some things like that. Um, you know, like in the, we always say masala dabas, right? You know, like you have those. But getting the tools you need and then finding a, just a simple, humble recipe. You know, um, alu matar is a really simple way to start. Uh, get those things, do it, and most of all, have fun. Uh, food is about evolution, but food is also about sharing and caring. And the best food we have is cooked with love. So make it with love. All right. It's really good advice, Chef Keith. Um, I want to thank you for, for joining us. Uh, once again, I'll put links to Keith's social media and his website in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And most importantly, share it with an American-born Desi in your life. You don't have to be an auntie to make delicious Indian food. Help us keep our culture for future generations. Thanks so much for joining us today, Keith. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Indian Food Explained podcast by Cook Like an Auntie. Please subscribe to this podcast and visit cooklikeanauntie.com to find recipes and videos related to this episode. You don't have to be an auntie to make delicious Indian food. Thanks for listening and see you next time.